Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Note for Note, the podcast which takes an in-depth look at how music affects people on a personal level. I'm your host, Michelle Lightshoe. Unfortunately, Lou Reed could not make it this week, as they are, in fact, dead. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking with my friend Kaylee instead. She is the front woman of the punk rock slash brownie batter band, Cloud. I've known her for a year, give or take a month or so, and we've played a few shows together, Colorcaster and Cloud. Uh, when I first began compiling a list of people I wanted to talk to for this podcast, she was one of the first people I thought of. I love her band's music and have been curious as to what some of her biggest influences are. I thought she might pick something like the Dead Kennedys or Crass, but I was surprised to find out that she was uh, a big fan of the Mountain Goats, which was a band I've only heard of in passing. They're kind of indie, folk, acoustic type stuff. It's kind of hard to nail down exactly what they are. But listening to Cloud's uh, music, you wouldn't really think that she's a big uh, she's a big fan of this or that they took big influence from it. But apparently she did. So uh, today we kind of talk about all the sort of permutations of how uh, that music has influenced her and her music and her life. So without further ado, let's get started. this album like three times i i know i have so many friends who like the mountain goats were just here recently and i've had a ton of people going like you're going to the show and i'm like i'm not super familiar with their music like i've heard a couple of their songs every now and then and i know i've got a bunch of them kind of like in my uh shazam or whatever but i never really sat down and listened to an album of theirs and i listened to this three times in the last two days so yeah, this is this is a really good album. Um, so why did you pick this album? I picked this album, mm-hmm. and actually before that, I was actually at that show. It was amazing. You were? So, nice. Yeah, yeah, nice. I had to go. That was the first time I saw like a full set of them live. Um, I picked this album. Um, it's kind of complicated because like, it is my favorite album of any album ever, mm-hmm. but. There are Mountain Goats albums that I like all the songs better from. Um, The reason I picked this is because this is the album that I found at the point in my life when I needed to find it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, everybody has that one album. Yep. Um, And that's that's what I was hoping I would find with you. (laughs) So, like, yeah, this was one. I originally found the Mountain Goats because there was this TV show that was running on Adult Swim for a while called Mm -hmm. Moral Oral. I remember more. Yeah, I love yeah. that show. That third season got, like, insanely deep. Um, <laughs> but they used some of their songs as, like, beginning and end credits a couple of times, and I was like, who is this? So I looked it up, and then I found it, and it wasn't anything off of Tallahassee, but, like, mm-hmm. just through kind of listening to songs, I found this album, and mm-hmm. it was just, like, exactly my life at that time, sort yeah. of. Um at least how I perceived it. Listening mm-hmm. back now, I'm like, whoa, this album is not exactly what I thought it was, but mm-hmm. it, um, yeah, it just, it spoke to me so hard, so. Well, like, how old were you when it came out? Because it came out in 2002, right? Yes, I was indiscriminate age. No, um, <laughs> I would have been... Not not to call you out on your age or anything. No, no, I'm just bad at math. Uh, I would have been like 15 when it came out. And okay. I did not hear it when it came out. Okay. So I was like 1920. Okay, so. so about like 2007-ish uh, is when you heard it then? or Yeah, like 2007, 2008, somewhere okay. in there. Okay, okay. So, um, 
but yeah, it was just like the whole album is about this alpha couple, which mm-hmm. John O'Neill had kind of like talked about through other songs and like hinted at, but this was their album. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just about them like trying to salvage this terrible relationship that's like falling apart, but mm-hmm. they still sort of love each other. So they move to a new state and mm-hmm. like they buy this shitty rundown house. I can say shitty in like. Oh yeah, you can say. Okay, it. cool. Curse, curse all you want. I, would have been... I, I curse more than anyone else I've ever had on this show. Well, well, I'll try and break that maybe. <laughs> um, so they buy this like shitty house. Yeah. yeah. And they like try to fix it up, mm-hmm. but it never happens, and their relationship just falls apart. And at that time, I was unemployed. I just moved to a new city with this mm-hmm. person I had been dating for, like, a year or so, and, like, our relationship just, like, disappeared. And, like, we went a month without talking to each other at the end, mm-hmm. and, like, it just, it was perfect, kind of, like, the yeah. album compared to what was going on. And, like, I was trying to deal with all my shit and, like, figuring out who I was, because mm-hmm. I was 20. Yeah. Um, and like at that point I didn't really even like, I was exploring gender mm-hmm. stuff, but like not, I definitely wasn't like, Oh shit, I'm trans. I was just like, why am I like this? Yeah. Um, so Which yeah. Is about me at 20 as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, something don't, something don't know what. Yeah. Something. Like, why am I drawn to this? Yeah. Um, so yeah, like every song on that album, it was just, mm-hmm. I listened to that. Yeah. hundreds of times probably mm-hmm. over it like that was just on repeat and through that i found all the rest of their discography mm-hmm. and i've been a huge fan ever since like they're my favorite band yeah with which to me is a little bit interesting because like i listened to the <laughs> you know i we played shows together whenever i've gone and seen you live a bunch of times and that's not the band that i would think i would think like okay like you know maybe something like dead kennedys <laughs> or or, you know, like, you did grow up in the 90s, so I'm thinking, like, maybe even, like, Green Day to a point, or, yeah. or um, oh God, Crass or something like that, if you're getting into that really old school if I was cool punk enough, stuff. If I was cool enough to yeah. have listened to Crass when I was, like, in the 90s, yeah. you know, like, 14, <laughs> yeah. you know, that would have been awesome. But no, that's, <laughs> like, I kind of say I fell into punk music, because, like, that's all I could play. Okay. Because um, I'm not a really good guitarist. Um, so like, that's sort of that's what I did. I well, yeah. And like, that's the thing is I started on bass and I was okay <laughs> yeah. at it. I used yeah. to be in a metal band and shit, mm-hmm. but like when my band fell apart, which mm-hmm. was maybe a year before the whole moving thing. So yeah. like everything was shitty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, doing that by yourself sucks. Like playing yeah. bass alone is shitty. So I started playing guitar mm-hmm. and then this album actually, because I'd set it down for a while, like, yeah. this album is what made me want to write more. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, that weird... I love this album so much, and I love the Mountain Goat songwriting, that, like, mm-hmm. this album makes me want to, like, sit in a small room and write for an entire weekend, and it yeah. also makes me want to quit music forever. Like, Yes, I totally know those sort yeah. of albums. And yeah. there's tons of stuff that does that now, but, like, this was the first one where I was just like, shit. Mm-hmm. Where you feel both inspired and also, like, somewhat intimidated by, damn, look at what these people are doing. Like, there's no way I can do this. Yeah, and, like, like, I was just like, how, not in a million years, if there was a million of me with a million typewriters, I would never come up with anything, like, half as good Mm -hmm. as what this is, you know? Well, what are your favorite, some of your favorite, like, lyrical things from there? Like, what what, uh, songs kind of spoke to you the most, or what kind of imagery uh, from... Uh, his lyrics 
kind of drew you into it even more? Um, the song, like, well, kind of the big song off of that mm-hmm. is No Children. And that yeah. would definitely be one where it's just like, we sort of still like each other because of this person that I was dating at the mm-hmm. time. Like, we'd been friends for a super long time. And, yeah. like, we should have been an amazing couple kind of thing. And mm-hmm. it just, like, didn't work, you know? So, like, the whole, that song in general where it's like, I still like you and, like, you're amazing. And there's moments where we still, like, love each other a mm-hmm. lot. And then there's these other moments where it's like, I want you to die. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to die too, but I want you to go with me. Mm-hmm. And, like, it, you know, there's that line where it's like, um, oh, shit. I wanted to print out lyrics too because it's like. Oh, I, you feel free to check on your okay. phone. Because I, I, like, heard... pulled them up. Yeah. Um, there's this moment about, yeah. like. I hope our few remaining friends give up on trying to save us yep. and stuff. Because, like, we isn't had the same... The, I think that's the opening line, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. That's the opening line of that, but um, it's farther in. And mm-hmm. I, I got a little quick. I do like <laughs> that. I hope it stays dark forever. When it's oh, yeah. That, I hope the worst little... isn't over. Refra- yeah. 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 Um, a little refrain. God damn it. Give me the lyrics. Um... <laughs> It's just gonna give you like fifteen advertisements where it's like new Kool Aid flavors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, mine's more like buy this musical shit because it's all I look at. It seems yeah, like I get um, that too. Where it's just like, do you want another Fender Jazzmaster? I'm like, yes, but I can't afford one. I fucking wish. <laughs> um, just like um, I hope the few, I hope the junkyard a few blocks from here someday burns down, mm-hmm. and just like this whole destruction where. The other, well, yeah, the other part of the the whole relationship thing was mm-hmm. neither one of us wanted to be the one that was like, "This is done, mm-hmm. we're we're done." So this it was is just your relationship, not yes. the not the alpha relationship well, on the album. Probably both. But okay, <laughs> definitely my relationship at the time. Mm-hmm. Where like neither one of us wanted to take that step. Where it was like, "This is over, we're done." Yeah. So it was just kind of like, "I want this to end. I hope you end this. Like, you need to be the bad person in this to like mm-hmm. make this finished." Which looking back. I was definitely the bad person in that. Um, but I was like 20, you know, you're yeah. selfish and you're a shitty person for the most part. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, Wholeheartedly agree with that. Yeah. With my relationship to that same time period in my life. Oh, God. But what, because I, lis- I was listening to No Children, and then there's a couple other songs off there, too, like Peacocks is another interesting one. Um, yes. At least, like, guitar-wise, because so much of the album is acoustic, and then you have this, um, you know, it's not heavily distorted or anything, but it's certainly an electric guitar yeah. with some reverb going through there. So I'm like, that just kind of stuck out to me. And, like, I don't know if there was anything else on there, to you at least, that stuck out just musically-wise. I think Peacocks is definitely, like, mm-hmm. that. And actually, this was the very first Mom Goats album where they were, like, mm-hmm. on a larger label, yeah. and... They were recording with a full band because, mm-hmm. I mean, if you listen to like the really super early shit, yeah. it's him with an acoustic guitar singing into a boombox. Like, it's rough. Um, so, this That's was good, like, though. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, that shit is popular for a reason. Yeah. But, like, yeah, Peacocks, and it seems like in this album, they try to explore a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, yeah, that one definitely is. And I would say that, um, I'm trying to think of another one that was really good with it. Like, The House That Dripped Blood, I think, is kind of mm-hmm. out there a little more, too. Is that the one... Because, lyrically speaking, I'm trying to see... Because I listened to your record, 
just recently too. Oh, <laughs> the CD that you just put out, and I'm just like trying to think of like where you have musical influence in that as well. Like for as far as songwriting goes, because there are some lines on that album. Um, Our love is like a war between Greece and Albania. Yes. Like, where is that pulled from? I know. Like, like yeah, yeah. Trucks loaded down with weapon. Yeah. That's what the. Oh, I know. Yeah. Well, they both are on there. I love that song in particular is just like, because it's so strange Mm -hmm. and like, it's just, yeah. Um, I wish I could get like that kind of esoteric in like what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, and my old, old stuff and like I would play by myself. Yeah. I try to do that. Like, honestly, the first few songs I wrote were just like total ripoffs of this album and like, I mean, good artists, good artists copy, great artists, or good artists imitate, great artists steal. Yeah. So that's what, that's well, what this was like, phraseology is. it was so bad. Um, but yeah, so like that stuff, if I do like solo acoustic shit, mm-hmm. like that's more where this kind of comes from. The punk stuff, it's sort of there in like mm-hmm. the writing about being like sad and shitty situations mm-hmm. and like the past and stuff, but Lyrically, I don't, I don't know. I could, I wouldn't want to try probably because it's so like daunting to me. Because it's like this is my al- like it's the album to me. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot of weighty lyrics compared to uh, the short, succinct things that you need to kind of cut through the bullshit in yeah. punk rock music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, you can't meander a lot in punk, you know, or at least. No. In the stuff I try to write, because it's like, my goal is to write like a 30 second song where it's just like, one, two, three, done. Okay. Yeah. Everything we have is right here. Like, mm-hmm. Just get the idea across straight to the point. Yeah. I'm wondering, going back to, going back to lyric writing, because I thought about this and I wasn't really sure like how to bring it in, but I'm just going to kind of wedge it in anyways. <laughs> and that is, when songwriting... Do you ever feel like what you're writing is overly pretentious? Like, because you were talking about your acoustic stuff and how that's a lot different than than the stuff that you do with Cloud. Yeah. But I know, I know, um, you know, listening to the Mountain Goats, when you have all that space uh, between just acoustic guitar and vocals, you have the capabilities to use those big words, to have these mm-hmm. absurd turn of phrases where the vocals are very focused on yeah and i'm just wondering if you ever get in a point where you go like am i sounding too pretentious with how i'm writing this does this sound cheesy does this sound like you just fall into that category oh yeah all the time yeah like everything i write i'm just like oh i don't know well it's weird because like when i first write it i'm like okay this is awesome i'm gonna bring Mm -hmm. this and then after like a couple weeks i'm like this is so like (laughs) cheesy and it's just derivative of so much else mm-hmm. and like it yeah so i definitely definitely feel that a lot mm-hmm. and i mean i think everybody probably does like when you have when you write like you it doesn't generally just like pour out there's just shit mm-hmm. that you stew over for i mean it could be years mm-hmm. so like by the time you write it down and you hear it it's like you've heard it a million times mm-hmm. so you're kind of over it and it's kind of sort of played out in your head you know yeah. and then like how how i write and with my band mm-hmm. i bring stuff in and then 
you know, they add their parts, we change a little bit. So it, it gets fresh again. But yeah, it definitely is like mm-hmm. gets old. Yeah. Well with well with those um you know, with talking about the band and with talking about punk music too, I'm kind of wondering now how you got into punk music. And just just cause like I'm seeing the mountain goats and I'm seeing influence, but I'm also going like, okay, how do you get here? How do you get from here to here? Yeah. Because um, Cloud started when? 2014, okay. sort of. Like, we didn't start playing shows until like 2015. Okay. And then even there, it was like, it took a while to get going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, so when I was really little mm-hmm. all i really listened to was like you know the shit my parents listened to the beatles and yeah. whatever else um and then when i got into high school like and i looking back i think a lot of this was just like kind of gender related and not mm-hmm. knowing where i fit in or like feeling uncomfortable with things and not knowing why and i got really into like metal music and mm-hmm. stuff because that was like i don't want to say counterculture because it really wasn't but yeah. like everybody was into it but at the time it was like yeah you can't handle this like fuck you jocks that mm-hmm. kind of thing um and like after that all died down and i started getting into the mountain goats so john darnielle is like a huge metal fan mm-hmm. and they have i want to say they have a cover or two of like some heavier things so i kind of could start to see like where he kind of got influenced from like metal and stuff mm-hmm. and i started listening to metal but for me i just i don't know it was too it was kind of hard to get into for me mm-hmm. again because it had changed a lot and well like what kind of metal were you listening to at that time i was the biggest fucking metallica fan at the yeah time. like <laughs> everything i yeah everything i did when i was in that metal band i was like i don't want to down to metallica didn't down to like yeah i don't want a fifth string they don't need a fifth string either like (laughs) we don't need a single vocalist we can have a vocalist that plays guitar like that's what they have like i was the biggest metallica Mm -hmm. fan because i was just like i don't know what i grabbed onto at the time yeah and like starting out playing bass like their bass Mm -hmm. is was amazing so that was kind of what got me going were you listening to like the rob trujillo records or listening to like oh no the... rob wasn't even in the band okay so I, you're that's going that's how old i am okay so um, you're going to like cliff, cliff burton yeah hell yeah. yeah good um and then you know through that i mm-hmm. found the misfits because mm-hmm. they were huge misfits fans. yeah so i started listening to the misfits and then i would get into like you know, I would branch out from there. So I'd mm-hmm. listen to, like, the popular Kennedy songs. Mm-hmm. And then I would listen to, like, some Black Flag. And I wasn't going, like, super deep into mm-hmm. anything because it was just kind of figuring out, like, where Metallica got their shit yep. from, kind of. Um, and actually, I, I was fairly close to picking, like, a Metallica album before this just from, like, oh, really? my 17-year-old self would have been, like, so proud. But I mean, I couldn't do it. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, like, there's a ton of good Metallica albums, but yeah. I think that this is a more interesting route to go, just because, oh, yeah. once again, we have this sort of dichotomy between punk rock music and... I don't, re- I don't really want to call them folk music. Yeah, I know. It's but they're, like... Indie folk, kind of, yeah. Yeah, acoustic, acoustic-based indie rock music. Yeah, something kind of... Like and now, like, if you see them live now, they're probably pretty solid into more indie rock because mm-hmm. like they have a lot of acoustic stuff but it's the full band mm-hmm. and there's a saxophone now and i mean once you get a saxophone there's no turning back yeah which you're was just, amazing like you're just kind of there yeah um so why this album instead of other ones by the by the mountain goats because 
you mentioned that there was a bunch of them that you had more, uh, that you liked more songs off of. Is it just yeah. because of that, you know, it being that certain yeah. time in your life? That was totally it. Okay. Like, this was, I mean, it was like a lightning bolt when I listened to this album the first time, and it was just like, shit, when was this made? Like, this mm-hmm. is me at this exact moment. And, like I said, listening back now, it was like, a lot different. I mean, we weren't alcoholics mm-hmm. and like there was no violence, but you know, it was just like the whole shitty situation and mm-hmm. everything falling apart and not knowing what to do. Well, you were you in the relationship with this person when you moved up here or did that kind of were you did you move up here and then get in the relationship? We've been dating before that. Okay. So it was like and it it where did you move from, by the way? I'm just trying to know if you were from, like, Wiscani or if you came... No, it was all in Minnesota. It was all in Minnesota. It was okay. just, like, I moved to... So the other problem was that I yeah. moved to a smaller town in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Well, not really. Okay. Shit. I was trying to, like, think of a way to do this so that people that listen to it wouldn't be like, oh, fuck, I know where you're talking about. Because yeah. I'm still friends with this person, kind of. But, yeah. Um, so I moved to St. Cloud. Okay. And I had been living in Albertville, which is where I am from originally. Yeah. Um, so, like, St. Cloud was larger, but mm. it was just shitty. I mean, it's kind of like this album. Everything is broken and dirty <laughs> and, like, it's violent and shit is falling apart. And, um... This is incredibly true. Yeah, and, like, I, I was on a... drove through Cloud the other weekend. Oh, God, it's... Yeah, it's ugly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, like, I was unemployed at the time, mm. so I didn't have money. Like, I didn't do anything really i sat around i rode my bike around town and like went to pawn shops and bookstores but i never bought anything or did mm. anything else and like you know looking back now i should have been like reading i should have been playing guitar like mm. doing all this stuff to better myself but it was just like i was stuck mm. and this album kind of represents that to me and saint cloud represents that to me now like mm. it's just spinning wheels okay so the relationship was about from Albertville to St. Cloud then. Yeah. Okay. So where do you live now? Because do you just live in Minneapolis now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I finally moved down here, which I should have done it then. Like, yeah. it was such no. a better idea. When you just live in the toxic waste pit of Minnesota, essentially. <laughs> oh, yeah. In St. Cloud? Yeah. yeah. I've yeah. been through there enough times to go, I don't want to go through... I. You drive through it, it's, you just keep going. Yeah. You just like, get there and you just keep going. There's cool stuff up there. Mm-hmm. There definitely is. But it's just, you know, at the time, for me, it, there was nothing. And, like, mm-hmm. like I said, I was trying to figure out, like, gender stuff, and mm-hmm. it just, there was nothing. Well, what kind of, like, got you on that sort of, what kind of, like, sparked your gender journey, if you don't want to? If you don't mind talking about that. You don't have to. Oh, no, I don't, I don't care. Whatever. I'm trans. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, the whole I album everybody. is basically like everyone knows about me, so I'm yeah. just like, yeah. Um, you mean like from the beginning or at this time? Like how? Well, it... I mean, like you can go back as far as you want, and like you don't have to divulge as much as you want. But you're talking, you've brought it up a know. couple times, so I'm just kind of curious as to how yeah. that fits in with the record. Well, like at the time, so the person that I was dating mm-hmm. didn't know any of this. Like no yeah. one knew any of this except mm-hmm. for like maybe some people that I talked to online and stuff. And aside from like riding my bike around town, Mm -hmm. I would stay home and I would just like go online and like, I would talk to people Mm -hmm. and I would, you know, be how I wanted to be. Like I would interact as a woman Mm -hmm. and it was very like 
fulfilling to me, mm-hmm. which I didn't understand at the time and was like, why, you know, why do I like this? Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess just that was like, with the album, how I kind of felt with it was kind of having this secret second thing that mm-hmm. I could never share with this person. Um, and like that part of being what was tugging us apart. Mm-hmm. And like that, like I said, um, you know, the whole album being about like two selfish people at the time, I was terribly selfish with mm-hmm. it. Um, because I let that get in the way of things. Yeah. Um, in so much that I was like distant and I withheld like so much feelings wise mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, and I think that was like a large part of why everything kind of fell apart. Mm-hmm. With the being distant, do you think, were you, were you trying to put on that sort of, like, dumb machismo, like, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. Everything's fine. You don't need to talk to me. Yeah, kind I of. No problems. Like, it was, I, I definitely did that. <laughs> I mean, it was definitely that. But it was yeah. also, like, again, I didn't want to be the one that was, like, this is done or to really give a reason for this mm-hmm. to be done. So I was, like let them know about this like this will be what ends a relationship mm. even though that was like what was driving the wedge between yeah them. it was like that was what mm. was killing it yeah. and you know they're totally cool with everything now i mean okay we're, i was gonna we're never you. dating yeah. yeah you know when that happened but mm. like if there was anyone i probably could have told at the time they would have been the one but you know yeah. when you're in that situation you're like no one will ever accept this like Absolutely. i have to die this way well, because that was when, like, 2000, that would be, like, what? Seven. 2007. Shit, that's five years <laughs> before Laura Jane Grace came out. That's, like... And Insane Cloud, and which that's is, right. like... Yep, and... Fuck, goddamn Saint Cloud. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, this is the anti-Saint Cloud episode. Yeah, sort of. I'm sorry, Saint Cloud. There's definitely some I'm cool not. stuff up there. <laughs> like, they had some cool uh, music shops. I, I loved that. They've had... They, I've been through a couple nice things up there, but once again, it's couple nice things yeah yeah good to visit definitely not good to live in i, I mean think, but to be fair their shop co had a self-checkout lane mm-hmm. which was like pretty advanced for me so yeah. that's where i got like all my clothes all the time and like all my makeup and shit mm-hmm. i was just like hiding and i'd buy like magazines and i'd shove clothes in the magazines oh, yeah. so no one could see it and stuff. So- yeah i remember there was a thrift store that closed down over by where i used to live and i bought like there were like if you come in and fill and bring a trash bag, you can fill it up and it'll be ten dollars. So I showed up with three trash bags and was like, "This, this, this, just all of this." Clearing racks. Yeah, I, like, just, I was like, "This looks like it might fit." I don't know. Take oh my it, god, go. that was me with like shoes and shit for the longest time because I was like, because you can't try shit on. No, you know, so you just like these look close enough and you put them in your bag and yeah. then like you get home and they were like two sizes too small and you're like mm. cutting the. Th- toes off of them yep. and shit like yeah. now now they have now they're the open toe ones yeah yeah oh yeah i was like an amateur designer in those days <laughs> like, i mean but that's that's a very punk rock thing to do is just like fuck i'm gonna steal these clothes and i'm gonna make them look how i yeah. want to make them well, look. i mean i never stole them yeah i like i was too afraid because i didn't want to yeah. be the person that got caught and then it was like they got caught stealing women's clothes and then yeah. it's like why were you doing this you know <laughs> true very true so like yeah that that was i was a very non-punk rock i'm still not a punk rock like <laughs> well do you think do you think that there's like some um some sort of bullshit around that whole like not punk enough mentality where you oh, get where you fall into yeah. that like 
You had a song that like made a dollar. You're a fucking sellout. How <laughs> dare you take money from from like playing a show or anything? Oh like yeah, that. Like, totally. There's yeah. stuff like that. It's like I don't know. I there's where it's like you don't have the right Doc Martens or like yeah. You have like this patch and this patch sucks and like fuck you or like yeah. You know, there's so much like subculture there that I don't know any of it. Mm. <laughs> like, cause like I said, I'm coming from. I was super into metal. Yeah. And then I was, like, into the Mountain Goats folky mm-hmm. rock stuff. And I spent, like, ten years with that shit almost, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, like, that's all I wrote. And even, like, some of the early stuff that I brought to Cloud was, like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is this? Like, how do we put distortion on this, yeah. you know? Just trying to be... I'm blanking on his name, but the lead singer of the Mountain Goats. Oh, John Darnielle. Yeah. yeah. Just, just trying to do those intricately woven metaphors yes throughout throughout punk rock music yeah i like, mean if you can execute it you'll be the greatest like musician of the, la- of the <laughs> last like 50 years but i mean that that's kind of like that's almost um like uh Iggy pop or like lou reed how they mm-hmm. write with their music you know because yeah. they're kind of more punk and it's like it's very wordy and like mm-hmm. interwoven and stuff but yeah that was um they're gonna say now because <laughs> we were talking about oh this is terrible <laughs> um you were talking about like putting wordy things wordy together things together with fast aggressive music yeah what was it oh, i lost it that's gonna drive me nuts Maybe I'll think of it later. You'll, you'll call me. You'll call me or text me or something. Yeah. And be like Michelle. This is exactly what I was trying to say. About I'm just gonna this. like re- record myself saying it. Yeah. And be like put this. In there. Yeah. Um, just, just just put it in like right around like 29 minutes. Yeah. Because yeah. Shit. Oh well. Anyways. Um. Yeah. Just like a lot of that early stuff I wrote was trying to mimic this, mm-hmm. and it. Were you writing on guitar? Or were you writing on bass? I was writing on guitar. Okay. Okay. Uh, definitely guitar. Um, Do you ever write on bass? I mean, I only recently just kind of picked it up again. Mm-hmm. So the one song that I've written on bass was literally written at practice in like 20 minutes. We're okay. just like, let's make an instrumental. Um, yeah. I've never, never really tried it. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to. And like, I have stuff with it that yeah. like I'm working on, but I've not so far written anything on it. Okay. Do you? I mean... I mean, you know, I used to do, um, <clears throat> what did I write on bass? I don't think I've written any, uh, lyrics on bass, um, because pretty much, like, Andre and I kind of split duty with lyrics every now and then, and Carl actually just wrote a song, um, recently too, so we're gonna have nice. three people continuously writing, uh, for the next stuff, but... So you'll have output for, like, 20 years then. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, but, uh... You know, I used to write stuff on bass every now and then. Um, you know, I, I, I there's sometimes I still write on uh, electric guitar or acoustic guitar, and then I'll transcribe that to bass and go, all right, how do the words sound with this or whatever? Mm-hmm. But usually it's just like, Andre will write something, and then we'll get together, and I'll be like, don't use this phrase, like, this is this this phrase works better here, or you can have a better metaphor, or I'll bring something in and I won't have a chorus or something, and he'll drop in a chorus or oh. um, add in a bridge or something. We it's very collaborative yeah. songwriting. That's where, cool though. Like, yeah. Um, 
And I remember what I was going to say now. Yeah. So when you were talking about like yes. bringing the wordy, like the big mm-hmm. metaphors and stuff, um, all I was going to say was just like, it's, you know, it's really hard to write a song that's like, fuck the cops, where you're talking about like a plane crashing and like, that's your metaphor for yeah. it. And I, I, I made one and we don't play it anymore because yeah. it was like very wordy and repetitive mm-hmm. and like not very good. But, you know, yeah, I, it's punk is such like a, a you know, it's a knife point, sort mm-hmm. of. At least lyrically, I think, and musically. But, mm-hmm. like, you know, the whole point is just, like, short, get to the point, you know, don't bore us, get to the chorus kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of how I approach it, sort yeah. of, which is, we're getting away from it a little more, and mm-hmm. I'm starting to write more intricate parts. And, you know, my first, like, five songs that I wrote for the band mm-hmm. didn't have bridges. Because yep. I'm like, fuck that, it's extra. We don't need it. Yep. Like, cut that shit out. Cut mm-hmm. the solos out. We don't need any of that. Just like, first chorus, first chorus, you know? Well, I know Danny May would have been upset had you not that's had why, any solos. That's why all the solos are in those early songs, because <laughs> yeah. it's like, I need to be doing something. And that was when yeah. I was playing guitar still, too. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, all the early stuff has, yeah. like, little guitar parts underneath. Mm-hmm. And even those, I was like, no, no, less of those. Just do what I'm doing. We'll both do it. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I'm so, like thankful to have someone that's like no no we need to do this because mm-hmm. that shit would have been like that would have been awful like, you, so you've just been doing like the guitar does this guitar does this basses this, they all do the exact same yeah. thing it would have been all like, follows the same pattern yeah i yell for a minute and a half done yeah like, kick out like 10 songs in a day oh yeah definitely um yeah and you know now we're getting way more collaborative and mm-hmm. stuff and i'm super lucky like when I started playing with Danny May, mm-hmm. you know, we, that was like, I don't want to say it clicked right away. Cause there was a lot of stuff where I was like, no, no, not the little like weedly stuff. Like let's yeah. just keep going. But we don't need, to, we don't need to have sweeping arpeggios. Yeah, yeah. 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 But now it's like her input is like, mm-hmm. makes me sort of write better. And like the stuff I write, cause now I'll write stuff and be like, oh, I think she'll think this is cool. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, you get that influence from the people you play with, and yeah. when you find someone that you, like, jive with really well on that, mm-hmm. it's, like, it really works. Yeah. Um, and that's even, like, you know, our drummer, Kirsten, too. Like, mm-hmm. she joined the band maybe a year ago or so, mm-hmm. and, like, the songs have been way better now than they ever yeah. were before, where, like, you know, you just got to find the person for it, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, that's always, like, the most important thing in the band is getting someone who you can continue to collaborate with. Oh, yeah. Have everything working as a well-oiled machine rather than just kind of falling apart in a blaze of explosions. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, we tried this dude out to play drums with us, and, like, he was the biggest fucking asshole. Like, he was super good. Yeah. But it's just, like, this will not work, you know? you got to find that person. Mm. No, I've had a couple people who I've, like, gone and played with and they're just like so all we're gonna be doing is uh we're gonna be covering yes and pink floyd <laughs> and michelle you know how to play bass uh so you can play like all of roger waters parts right i i guess <laughs> sure jesus yeah no. i couldn't do it like i would never want to be in a band that just does covers all the time no like, not I mean, all the time maybe like one or two it's fun, f- yeah. Yeah, like it's totally it's fun, fun to drop to one in there. Yeah, exactly. But not, but not the whole set. Yeah, I mean that's how you make money, apparently. But <laughs> I guess I mean shit. I can just I'll I'll take my acoustic guitar down to like Jay Arthur's or whatever and 
I'll spend three hours just playing Tom Waits covers. If they'll pay me money, <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. Because I've got nothing else to do today. <laughs> awesome. Oh. Did you have anything else you wanted to add? I don't think so. Right. I don't know. Like, I'm not very good at talking about myself in general. Well, I mean, we, we filled about, like, 40 minutes. Wow. So, I think that's pretty good. Cool. Want to call it? Sure. Awesome. Thanks for being here. Thank thanks for having me here, I guess. <laughs> As always, a pleasure talking to Kaylee. Um, once again, I'd like to thank her for opening up about gender stuff and for introducing me to the Mountain Goats as... I've been listening to them quite a bit recently, especially Tallahassee. If you haven't heard it, you should probably check it out. Also, her band Cloud just released uh, their debut album. It's called This Beautiful Mess. We got to play with them at their release party, and it was fantastic. I'm so glad they finally have something out there in the world. They're a terrific band, uh, certainly one of my favorites to gig with. You can find it at cloudmn.bandcamp.com. That's K-L-O-U-D mn.bandcamp.com. If you like the show, please give it a review on iTunes or wherever you downloaded it. Also, there's a couple other fun podcasts on Pretty Punk, like The Macabre Sword. Uh, shout out to Andre and Carl, the other two members of Colorcaster, for letting me use our song Lines as the music for this show. Once again, I'd like to thank you for listening to today's episode. This has been Note for Note. I have been Michelle Leishu. Please be sure to check back next time when my guest will be Sid Vicious. Until then, have a... What's a fun one? A splendiferous week. If you choose to fall apart Then you'll know where to go and how to find me Right here